بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا ٹوینٹی سیونتھ آف اوگسٹ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو آن ٹو دا تھرڈ سیشن And I believe verse 12. So inshallah today going through up to and including verse 14. So verse 12. We did create man from a quintessence, i.e. of clay. Verse 13. Then we placed him as a nutfah. A sperm drop in a place of rest firmly fixed. Verse 14. Then we made the sperm drop into an alaqa, a clinging clot or congealed blood. And then we made it a chewed lump, mudra. Then we made out of that mudra, izama, i.e. bones. And then clothed the bones with flesh. Then we developed out of it another creature. So blessed be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best to create. So these are the famous verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes at great length the development of the fetus into the human being. So each and every one of these things mentioned have been confirmed uh, by science. <coughs> so just to give you a brief of what the scholars have mentioned. So the first thing to point out is a hadith. The hadith is in Sayyih Bukhari, Sayyih Muslim Abu Dawud Tirmidhi Ibn Imaj. Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the truthful, the believed, He narrated to us. So what's interesting, stopping the report, Ibn Mas'ud, the way he's narrating this, he knew that the people are going to react. They basically, they're going to find it hard to believe. So he first set the stage, he goes, the, the truthful, the believe narrated to us. Verily, each of you is brought together in his mother's abdomen for 40 days. in the form of a nutfa, i.e. a sperm drop. Then it is an alaqa, a leech-like clot for a similar period. Then it is a mudra, a lump, chewed lump of flesh for a similar period. The angel والسلام, is then sent to him and he breathes into him the soul. So in this flawless report, from our beloved messenger, he's mentioning the same sequence. He mentions the nutfa first, Surah 23, verse 13. Then he mentions the alaqa. Then he mentions the mudra. But the time period is given. It is 40 days. And then after the three 40-day period, which is roughly a four months, the soul is infused. And the infusing of the soul when the heart begins to beat is proven at around four months of pregnancy. So again, the Prophet's explaining further. 
Now, why did Ibn Masood say the truth from the belief? Because this was completely alien to what they believed about a child being formed in the fetus, from a fetus onwards. But of course, now it's common knowledge. The second thing, in Sayyid Muslim, in the chapter on Qadr, our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when 42 nights have passed over the nutfa, i.e. the sperm drop, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends an angel to it who shapes it, makes its ear, eye, skin, flesh and bones. Then the angel asks, Oh my Lord, is it a male or female? And your Lord decides what he wishes and the angel records it. So this is another amazing report because the Prophet is mentioning specific moments, 42 nights. After 42 nights, if you look at the report, organ differentiation starts to take place. Have they proved this? And the answer is yes. This event is described in the scientific publication, The Developing Human, by Professor Keith Moore. Quoting, During the seventh week, the skeleton begins to spread throughout the body and the bones take their familiar shapes. At the end of the seventh week, and during the eighth week, the muscles take their positions around the bone forms. So what was Professor Keith Moore simply saying? The Prophet is spot on. <laughs> 42 nights have passed and the angel is now asking. He's developing the, is shaping the fetus. He's asking whether it's a male or female. So again, how could anybody have known this? <laughs> then moving on, the alaqa. So if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse 13, the nutfa turns into an alaqa. So what is alaqa? After the nutfa stage, the Almighty and Glorious mentions the stage of alaqa. The word alaqa means a thing that clings to some place. It is also used to describe leeches that cling to a body to suck blood. So both are correct. To cling or a leech which sucks blood. In the first phase of development, the baby in the mother's womb is in the form of a zygote, which clings to the uterus in order to take nourishment from the mother's blood. It clings to the uterus just like roots that are firmly fixed to the earth by tendrils. Throughout this bond, the embryo can obtain substances essential to its development from the mother's body. Thus, what better description can there be at this stage for the development of the fetus than a alaqa, a leech-like clot? It is also most informative to note that the word alaq was used in the very first revelation. So going to night one of the divine revelation. Allah Ta'ala mentioned this fact. Iqla bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq khalaqal insana min alaq Reside in the name of your Lord who created man from an alaq. So when was this knowledge given to mankind? First night of revelation. <laughs> On the same thing, a few scholars from the Hijaz once invited the world-renowned embryologist Professor Keith Moore so now what's interesting, Professor Keith Moore, all of the things I'm mentioning, is when he was not a Muslim. So they showed him the verses of embryology. 
and he was he was taken aback. But later, at the end of his life, he embraced Islam. So all of this is before he embraced Islam. So the Hijaz scholars, they showed him the verses about embryology. When he was in Riyadh, they gave him all the help that he needed in translation and all the cooperation for which he asked. He researched. Professor Keith Moore was so amazed to what he found that he changed his own textbooks. <laughs> so imagine, you know, he's a world expert and he's written, you know, fundamental works that people study. He's changing his own books. In the second edition of one of his books, entitled Before We Are Born, in the section about the history of embryology, he included some material that was not in the first edition because of what he found in the Quran. One of the scholars interviewed Keith Moore for a television presentation on his specialized subject. The professor mentioned that some of the things that the Quran states about the growth of the human being was not known until about 30 years ago. In fact, he said one particular phrase the Quran mentions, alaqa, leech-like clot, this was new to him. When he checked it, he found it to be true. So he added it to his book. Dr. Keith Moore, he said, I never thought of this before, the alaqa. And he went to the zoology department and he asked for the picture of a leech. When he found that it looked just like a human embryo, he decided to include both pictures in one of his textbooks. So, this is the image. So the top is the development of the embryo. And the bottom is a leech. They look identical. So he put it into his book. Then what happened? Dr. Moore also wrote a clinical book on embryology. He presented this knowledge to Toronto it caused a stir in Canada. It was on the front pages of some of the newspapers across Canada and some of the headlines were amusing. For instance, on the front heading of one of the, you know, releases, it mentioned, surprising thing found in ancient prayer book. <laughs> so a reporter, he gets up, he asks Keith Moore, he goes, Professor, don't you think that maybe the Arabs might have known about these things. The description of an embryo, its appearance, how it changes and grows. They were not scientists, but maybe they did some crude dissections of their own. He goes, it's not something amazing. He goes, they, you know, they probably did some crude dissections and they came to this knowledge. The professor immediately pointed out to the report, you have missed a very important point. All the slides of the embryo cannot be seen with the naked eye. You have to use a microscope. And then he said, it does not matter if someone had tried to discover embryology 14 centuries ago. They simply could not have seen it. Since such a device, the microscope has only been around for more than 200 years. Therefore, this is what he said, and now he's like tongue in cheek, the professor saying this, is maybe 14 centuries ago, someone secretly had a microscope and did this research 
making no mistakes. Then somehow he told Muhammad and convinced him to put this in the Quran. Then he destroyed his microscope and he kept it a secret forever. Do you believe this? When he was asked, and the reporter didn't even respond, they thought, of course we don't believe it. Then he was asked, Professor, how do you explain this knowledge in the Quran? The professor says, it can only have been divinely inspired. So what's interesting, he's not a Muslim. He goes, there's one possibility, and you obviously know that's a, it's not feasible. The other is, God must have told him. There's the only answer. Then you got the mudha. What does Allah Ta'ala say? From alaqa to mudha. Surah 23 verse 13. So what did Keith Moore say about this? So the reference for this is the Journal of the Islamic Medical Association, volume 18, January to June 1986, page 15 to 16. Keith Moore said, The Arabic word mudha means chewed substance or chewed lump. Towards the end of the fourth week, the human embryo looks somewhat like a chewed lump of flesh. The chewed appearance results from the saw mites which resemble teeth marks. The saw mites represent the beginning of primordial of the vertebrae. So what did he say? At a certain point, the spinal column that you've got, it, start, it starts being formed. And it looks like something's bitter, you know, like a chewed lump. It literally looks like that. And the proof is here. So if you look at that image, doesn't it look like somebody's bitter? A chewed lump. So he said, This is what's happened. And he goes, The Quran is correct again. Allah mentions alaqa, then he mentions mudqa, which is correct. The next stage the development of bones, then flesh. This is verse 14. So Allah Ta'ala, if you look at verse 14, Allah Ta'ala mentions that he clothed the, uh, the, the lump, he made bones and then he clothed. Now what's interesting about that? The bones come first, then it's the muscle and the flesh. So what does Allah Ta'ala say? Verse 14. The mudra, the chewed lump, we formed into izama, bones. And then clothed the bones with lahma, flesh. So from mudra, you got bones, then you got flesh. The Quran is telling you that. Until very recently, embryologists assumed, they didn't have knowledge of this, they assumed it, that the bones and muscles in an embryo developed at the same time. They just thought that because it happens at the same time. For this reason, for a long period, some people claimed that these verses were incorrect because the Quran doesn't say that. The Quran says bones are formed, then the bones are clothed with flesh. It doesn't happen at the same time. So their assumption was, Quran's made a mistake. However, advanced microscopic research conducted by virtue of new technological developments have revealed that the Quran is accurate. How? First, the cartilage tissue of the embryo ossifies. The words simply means the bone is forming first. Mm. Then muscular cells are selected from amongst the tissue around the bones, come together and wrap around the bones. Mm. This event is described in the scientific publication, The Developing Human by Professor Keith Moore, quoting, During the seventh week, during, 
first the skeleton the bones begin to spread throughout the body and the bones take their familiar shape at the end of the seventh week so look at the difference during the seventh week bones end of the seventh week during the eighth the muscles take their positions around the bones Quran is correct again <laughs> now anybody with any rational brain you will look at these verses and he's going to be aghast <laughs> he's going to think what is going on here the prophets mentioning things or they'll say muhammad sallallahu alaihi mentioning things that are impossible to see with the naked eye and he's not just mentioning them he's mentioning them correctly in sequence so how is that possible he's more said it must be divinely inspired what's the next stage the next stage is threefold darkness in surah 39 verse 6 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he creates you stage by stage in your mother's wombs in a threefold darkness what have they discovered modern biology has now revealed that the baby's embryological development takes place in three distinct regions in the mother's womb there's actually three places in the womb that the development takes place today in all the embryological textbooks studied in faculties of medicine this subject is elemental knowledge for instance in basic human embryology a fundamental reference in the field of embryology it states the life in the uterus has three stages pre-embryonic which lasts for the first two and a half weeks embryonic until the eighth end of the eighth week and fetal from the eighth week to labor three stages quran being confirmed again so let's summarize all this allah the almighty revealed to his messenger the following stages of development nutfa alaqa mudgha organ differentiation in 6 weeks infusing of the soul at around 4 months of pregnancy the clothing of the bones with flesh bones develop first the development of the embryo fetus in threefold darkness so let's now read the verses again what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say we did create mankind from an essence of clay then we placed him a nutfa in a safe enclosure the nutfa we made into an alaqa the alaqa into a mudgha the mudgha we formed into bones and then clothed the bones with flesh and then brought him into being as another creature those blessed be allah the best of creators and what did umar radiyallahu say he said in ibn abi hatim when these verses were revealed i said fatabarakallahu ahsanul khaliqi blessed be allah the best to create then allah taala revealed that at the end of the verse so <laughs> look how beautiful that last part wasn't revealed allah taala gave you the development of the embryo, uh, the embryo from a to z and umar was so amazed he spontaneously said fatabarakallahu ahsanul khaliqi allah taala then revealed that because yes blessed be allah the best to create 
So now, why is Allah Ta'ala mentioned this at great length? Because the Quran is guidance for mankind, not for giraffes. So Allah Ta'ala is talking about mankind. He's not talking about dinosaurs, not bothered about brontosaurus. He's talking about you. So if Allah Ta'ala is talking about you and He's saying, look, I know every in and out about you, you're my creation, then what does that tell you about this book? This book is the manual. Allah Ta'ala has given you the manual to live your life. So a few of the things mentioned here. So there's a report. The hadith is in Nasai Darukutni Behaki. Rufa'a al-Ansari radiyallahu he relates. Umar ibn al-Khattab, Ali ibn Abu Talib, Zubayr ibn al-Awwam, Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas and others. So there was the four of the ten promised paradise and other companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. Because we were all gathered and the subject of Azal was brought up. Azal is coitus interruptus. Was brought up. Someone said, this is the minor burying the children alive. It is minor infanticide, meaning it's not good to do this. Umar radiyallahu said, there's nothing wrong with it. He then turned to Ali right, to see whether he agreed with him or the other companions. So Ali confirmed Umar and he said, it can never be wrong because it has not passed through the seven stages of development which are mentioned in the Quran. And he started reciting these verses, which are, number one, the progression of earth and water. Verse 12. Then there is the stage of nutfa. Then he recited, which then becomes, and he recited Surah 76, verse 2. Then it becomes an alaqa, and he recited the next portion of the verse. Then he recited, then mudha. Then the bones appear, and then they are coated with flesh, and he recited the relevant passage. Finally, it is given a soul, and as a result, becomes another creation, and he recited the end of the passage. Umar radiallahu was well pleased with Ali and said, You are right. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and may you have a long life. So what is now being referred to? So coitus interruptus is when the male withdraws fearing that he doesn't want his wife or right hand possesses to become pregnant. So some thought you shouldn't do that. You trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ali said, there's nothing wrong with it. And then he recited these verses. So how are these verses related to that discussion? Because the soul is infused at the end. At the end. So there's no such thing as killing a child. There's nothing to kill. Because there's nothing there. The soul's not being infused. So how can there be a minor infanticide? And Umar was greatly pleased. May Allah bless you. Because you are right. So note the verses also are in reference to this very important question. Also, there's another fine point mentioned. So it mentions, so if you look at the verse 14, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَخَلَقْنَا الْعَلَقَةَ مُدْقَةَ فَخَلَقْنَا الْمُدْقَةَ عِذَامَ فَقَسَوْنَا الْإِذَامَ لَحْمَ The word fa is used, fa. Because of the very short time duration during which this transformation from mudra to bones takes place, 
The Quran verse uses the Arabic conjunctive fa instead of thumma. Thumma means then. To indicate its quick sequence of events. This is the precise language of the Quran. So Allah Ta'ala doesn't say thumma. He doesn't say thumma. Alaka, thumma, fakhalakna alaka, thumma, mudgav. Then, then, then. He goes fa. Why does he keep saying fa? Because he's quick. Then at the end he says, Then another creation is produced. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning, this is a very quick sequence. And that is also proved by the embryologists. So the preciseness of the Quran is amazing. Unfortunately, the translation says then. It doesn't say then. Because here, then, then, then doesn't say then. So what word should you use? Quickly, it changes. Quickly, it changes. Quickly, then is mentioned at the end. Another point, which is certainly worth mentioning, is a hadith. So the report is recorded in Ibn Rajab, in his Jami' Al-Lum Al-Hikam, Ibn Abi Hatim. Zayd ibn, Zayd ibn Ali relates from his father, from Ali, that he said, when the nutfa has completed four months, Allah sends an angel to it who breathes the, the spirit into the darkness. This is the meaning of the words, and then brought him into being as another creature. So Ali is explaining here, why does Allah say at the end, I then bring another creature? Why does he conclude with that? Because that is when the soul is infused, meaning it's not alive. So it's just dead, 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 but things are changing, things are changing. Then all of a sudden, bang. So Allah goes, Thumma ansha'nahu khalqan akhar. Then I produce another creature, meaning now it's alive. The only one who can bring life is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was interesting. This is happening every day. <laughs> and yet, can they create life? Look how Allah is playing with these fools. You're seeing it every day. Have you got used to it? Dead, dead, dead life. Dead, dead, dead life. Dead, dead. It's life. Death and life. Allah mentions death first. Then he mentions life. Why? Because we're dead. We get formed. We get changed. And all of a sudden, bang. Then Allah says, now it's another creature. Another creature. The soul has been infused. For the barakallahu ahsanul khadikin. So blessed be Allah. The best of crea- uh, creators. So on the side of us, and we will conclude. And just to add, Professor Keith Moore embraced Islam at the end of his life. He's passed away. And what's interesting is he, he, he didn't become Muslim immediately. So that's interesting. With all these overwhelming facts, he was the expert in the field. And the thing was, he was very sincere. Why? Because why would he put into his textbook with Quranic additions? Imagine you read a textbook, you're learning to become an embryologist. And on the front of your textbook, it goes with Quranic additions. You think, I've come to an Islamic school, what was this? That was Keith Moore. He goes, I, I want to acknowledge, this is not my knowledge, because I, I took this from the Quran. So he was actually acting upon the teachings. The Prophet said that you must thank the one who has benefited you, otherwise the thanks to your Lord is not accepted. So he actually did that. And then he, in his later life, he embraced Islam. 
and noticed the key very quiet about it. Why? Was that on the news? Ancient thing found in ancient, sorry, amazing thing found in ancient prayer book. If that was a biblical passage, you would have been all over the place, be on YouTube, be everywhere. Will you send the Quran? Keep quiet about it. So let's recite the verse. وَلَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ سُلَالَةٍ مِنْ تِينٍ ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُطْفَةً فِي قَرَارٍ مَكِينٍ ثُمَّ خَلَقْنَا النُّطْفَةَ عَلَقَةً فَخَلَقْنَا الْعَلَقَةَ مُضْغَةً فَخَلَقْنَا الْمُضْغَةَ عِظَامًا فَقَسَوْنَا الْعِظَامَ لَحْمًا ثُمَّ أَنْشَأْنَاهُ خَلْقًا آخَرَ فَتَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran to the be of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, 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 subhanahu wa ta